If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hello and welcome to the HP Podcast, episode number 260. I'm Ben, and with me here today is Dave, or as I like to call him, Davey. Hello, Dave. Hi, Ben. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm okay. Sometimes you, the you call baby me... baby blues on? Yeah. Sometimes you call me Wavy Davey. Uh-huh. Baby Davey. Wavy Davey, baby Wavy. That's Davey. a good one. Yeah. It's long, yeah. but I like it. Sometimes I just mix them in and repeat myself until I get bored, and uh, it never happens. Actually, I don't. I entertain myself to no end. Surprisingly, sure do. How's your week been, bud? It's good. It's uh, I'm I'm just approaching the end of my my working life for two months. Uh, I'm starting a paternity leave on February first. So, wait, you um, get to do that like after the baby's been alive for a while? Yeah, I think you have like eighteen months or something after the baby's born to take a leave. Oh, so you picked the busiest time of the work year to do it. <laughs> uh, no, actually, it's only two months, and I'm returning uh, at the beginning of the fiscal year. I didn't mm. really plan that, but it just kind of worked out well. I'm a project manager, so it, it kind of made some sense. But Nice. Um, yeah, so it'll be interesting. Um, I've been coasting right to the end. I was playing Deep Rock <laughs> Galactic and Valheim today while I was working. I hope nobody I work with is listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it's a pretty small chance, but it is possible. There's so, always a chance. Good luck. I on do that. actually have a, a short story I'd like to open up with, but um please introduce uh the most glorious ginger first. Yeah, the most glorious ginger here, Bando Calrissian, as I've called him at times in the past. Brandon, uh what's up? How are you doing? I'm good. I'm when are you starting good. your paternity leave? Um I'm not. Okay. That was yeah. that was a lot of thinking to just say you're not. So yeah, yeah, yeah. How you doing? Doing all right. I'm okay. I'm okay. I had a sandwich for dinner. I usually save sandwiches for lunch. Um, but what? is there like a? Do you have like an objection for them for dinner? Just like a ham sandwich, you know? Yeah. Like I just don't. It it seems like a lunch food to me. Bro, ham not sandwich all sandwiches. Any time of the day. If it's good at dinner, it's good at lunch. And I put chips on it too. I had some Cool Ranch Doritos. Yeah. It was. It was actually quite lovely. Well, you're living right, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. I try to live right. Yeah, I had uh, soup for dinner, <laughs> which the soup was good, but I just cannot emphasize how much soup is not a meal to me. Even if it's filling, even if I'm full. It's like, this is not this is not a meal. I had some bread with it. But, sorry. Just drinking, drinking your meals, I guess. That's how it feels. I think that's the difference, is it feels like I'm... Not actually, like I'm not actually eating. I'm just 
ladling liquid into my mouth and swallowing. Sure. That's you're not a, that's not a meal. You're more of a stew guy then. No, not for yes, I like stew and I like soup. It's but it's a, it's an accessory to the meal, a side if you will, not the meal itself. I don't yep. care how much I don't care how filling it is, how many calories are in each teaspoon. It doesn't matter. It just doesn't feel like a meal to me. What about pho? Have you had pho before? I have. I don't think that's soup. That's pho. What about chili? It, yeah, it's the same thing. So where's the line drawn between soup and pho and chili? Is it like the um, ratio of like solid food to, to broth? I think so. Okay. Yeah. Less liquid. I just don't think... Brandon's Any form of getting soup. frustrated with our line of questioning. Here. <laughs> no, no form of soup is a meal to me. That's not again. That doesn't mean it's not filling. That doesn't mean it's not delightful and that I don't like it. It means it doesn't feel like a meal. Soup for lunch is fine. Right. If I'm having dinner, I don't want soup. Now, where does like gelatin products like jello fall into this like half solid, half not equation? It's not a matter of whether it's solid or not. It's a matter of whether it's a meal or not. And Jello, okay, I would argue, fun. is not a meal, but it could be. Jello dinner, everyone loves it. Dave, what's your freaking story? Now that I'm pissed off about <laughs> soup, he's fucking mad. again. No, wait, one second. One time, I tweeted. I just, I didn't even realize this. I, I mean, I guess I knew it probably in the back of my brain because I've seen Seinfeld so much. But it, there is a, um, there, there's a. Uh, an episode on Seinfeld where Jerry's supposed to take this guy out to dinner. They go out, the guy orders soup, and then he wants another dinner because he's like, soup's not a meal. That wasn't what I was going for. Uh, I just said on Twitter one time, soup soup is not a meal. And I will tell you what, the amount of 60-plus-year-old white men who came out of the woodwork who don't even follow me to argue with me about soup being a meal or not and suggesting I try these different types of soup is insane. I had no idea the geriatric men love soup so much. That they would just what attack about, some random guy that they don't know on Twitter. Hold up. Now I'm interested. What about like a gazpacho? <laughs> gazpacho That's what one of them definitely said not a meal. Definitely not that, a meal. That is less of a meal than chili by far. Oh, do but it's cold. Exactly. So <laughs> gross. I love fucking with Ben. That's what makes the world go around. Dave. <laughs> um. Yeah. So I had kind of an awkward interaction uh, at work. Another one. Yeah. It happens all the time, but I thought this was noteworthy for the show. So um, the, the three of us and, and the people listening, I, I, I'm fairly safe in saying are, are amongst the, the hardcore gaming crowd. You know, like we play a lot of different games and and um, I'm sure we've all kind of come across this thing where like somebody tries to talk to us about video games. Yeah. And it's it's kind of like just a regular guy talking about four wheel drive to like an F1 automotive engineer at a party. Like, it's just like, we are not the same. So don't have this conversation with me. And you know, somebody's like played Warzone once and they're like, Oh, you're a gamer. Let's talk about gaming. And it's like, anyway, so I was in a meeting with, I I play Madden on my, on my uh, PS3 still. You guys know what I mean though, right? Yeah. 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 yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. So no, I'm, I'm saying that that's that guy. Every time I ever meet somebody and they're like, I play games. I'm like, what do you play? They're like, well, sometimes when my kid comes over from my, from my ex-wife's house, uh, we played Madden 2009, and I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, we have a lot in common then, for sure. <laughs> Go ahead, Dave. So I, I, I was having this, uh, just basically this wrap-up meeting with this director at work. So there's someone who's a lot more important with me, but I've worked with him a lot over the past um, 
past few months and uh just randomly like towards the end of the discussion she's like can i ask you a question i'm like yeah and she's like do you play video games and my first inclination was just like you know the standard sort of response that you'd give to just your regular normie um but there was something about the way she asked it and there's something about the way that she kind of carried herself where like the my first reaction in my head was hang on a minute is she about to come out of the gamer closet to me because uh, i don't know just say she looked like a nerd (laughs) not not that no it was just the way she asked it looked like she was genuinely interested because you know you get those people who are just like oh you're a gamer like you know but uh, i don't know there was something so when she said are you into gaming i went off i was like yes and she's like what do you play and i i went through everything i'm currently playing i pointed out my game and was like i'm playing through metroid prime right now i was like i'm playing a i i just finished an indie game called dredge and i was telling her about that and i was like rock and stone and all this stuff and i'm like what about you and she's like my daughter plays Fortnite. <laughs> no, dude. No. It was so bad. I don't know. I got, I got really into it and excited, and and it turned out that she was. It did kind of turn into a bit of a cool story though, because she 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 was like my husband and and I watched my daughter play Fortnite, and we have so much that we've now gotten into it. So it was kind of cool that you know her and nice. her husband have have found a video game, but. Uh, she was not the hardcore gamer I, th- I I I made her out to be um, for a millisecond in my head, and I kind of embarrassed myself. But now, what what prompted you to like? Well, what do you think prompted her to ask you if you like games? Did you like at some point did you start like doing the gritty during the meeting, <laughs> or I, I don't, did I you don't, say Rock and Stone out loud? Or? I don't know. Um, so when I'm in meetings, I'm sitting just like this, but I don't use this microphone. But it's just off screen. Or sorry, you can mm-hmm. just kind of see it in the screen because I push off to the side. And a couple oh. times people have asked me, like, what's your microphone for? Are you a musician? I'm like, no, I use it for, I have a podcast. And then their next question is always like, what's your, what do you podcast? And I tell them video games and the conversation usually ends there. So I think yeah. maybe someone in a meeting had said something like that. And she kind of picked up on it and was like, oh, I have to ask him if he plays games just so she could tell me her daughter plays Fortnite. So, so- honestly, Dave sees the gamer in everybody. That's right. Whether it's there or not. And that's what I love about him. He, he sees a gamer on every corner and every person, man, woman, and child. I just need to follow this up with one more thing. Today, you had a conversation about video games with a coworker. And in the past, you have admitted that you tell people you have a podcast about video games. And you decided to open up the show by talking about how you played video <laughs> games today at work. This seems like a like a fallible. <laughs> it was a joke. Method. It was a joke. It was a joke. Yeah, it was a joke. Just, he was fucking around. You met on your lunch break. Show, right? You met on your lunch break. I get <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. get it. Yeah, of course. This is the yeah. HP podcast. <laughs> <laughs> a show, bro. <clears throat> show about video games and the people who love them, or something like that. Uh, yeah, this is the HP podcast. We're here most of the time on Tuesday nights. It is Thursday because I was in uh, New York City this past week. Well, past couple of days. I was actually there for like 36 hours, but that's beside the point. Uh, and we normally are live uh, on YouTube at Ben is Handsome and at the HP uh, Handsome Phantom on Tuesday nights, 7 p.m. Eastern. Uh, and then our audio feeds go live for everyone on Thursdays at 11 a.m. If you want to get the audio feed a little bit early, you can join us over on patreon.com slash handsome phantom for as little as a dollar a month. We appreciate your support. 
helps us pay a few bills and keep the site, uh, the, the hosting going and all that kind of stuff. And if you just want to support us, that's fine too. If you're at the $3 level, you get our show HP After Dark a good month ahead of everybody else. Show's a little wild. People are still talking about the last episode a couple weeks later. So, Dave, I really think you brought that topic home. I'm not going to spoil it. You got to go listen to, to understand it. But. It's a ballsy discussion. You, you could get it spoiled for you, though, if you really wanted to, by heading on over to the Discord at handsofandom.com slash Discord. Hang out with all us fine gamers over there. Don't need to be a patron. Just need to be gamer and your kid has to play Fortnite um to be a true gamer that's the way it goes um guys you ready to talk about some video game stuff let's do yeah. it a little bit more let's start off talking about power world and as you guys know i usually write up or at least modify a write-up of all the news stories we talk about but there is so much going on with power world that i did not do that this week I just decided I'm going to read this article from IGN because it captures a couple different pieces. And then maybe as we get into the discussion, we could talk about more because I less want to talk about the actual game uh, as this is the news section, uh, although we can talk about the actual game and more just about how it is traumatizing the industry uh, in good and bad ways right now. Let's start off. This is from IGN uh, by my by our buddy Adam Bankhurst um, that we did a panel with at PAX. Uh, he does not, I do not get any royalties for reading this out loud, I promise, but, but my friend Adam Bankhurst writes, the Pokemon company has finally made an official statement regarding Power World saying, we intend to investigate and take appropriate measures to address any acts that infringe on intellectual property rights related to the Pokemon. End quote. While the Pokemon company company doesn't specifically mention Power World by name, it's very clear this statement is in response to the incredible success the survival game is experiencing. 8 million copies sold in less than six days. By the way, it's still in the equivalent of early access, just for everybody out there. Uh, and, he, and the claims that many of Power World's pals are way too close to existing Pokemon. Uh, he goes on to quote Nintendo's article where they basically said, we've had people ask us about it. We're looking into it. We have not given anyone uh, rights to use our stuff. Uh, prior to the statement, Power World developer Pocket Pair has insisted its game is much closer to those like Ark Survival Evolved and Valheim than Pokemon. Additionally, the team revealed it has been receiving death threats ever since the game went live on January 19th. In an interview with Automaton, the Pocket Pair CEO shared the team shared the team cleared legal reviewing and there had been no action taken against the company for infringement. Quote, we make our games very seriously and we have absolutely no intention of infringing upon the intellectual property of other companies. End quote. Uh, the Pokemon company, in the meantime, has started taking action against modders who have replaced Power World's pals with Pokemon. And Nexus Mods, pretty popular, one, probably the most popular site for uh, mods, uh, will not host Pokemon Pi po Pokemon mods for Power World because fear of Mighty Nintendo's legal team. Um, just a little more here. All these issues aside, Power World is undeniably a runaway hit, and we here at IGN call it great in its current state. So let's start off before we get into anything else. Just talking about the insane numbers this game is putting up. Six days in since release, again, in early access. The game's not even technically released yet uh, in the full capacity, although a lot of games are moving this direction. And 8 million sales, over 2 million concurrents on Steam at one point. And by the way, it's free on Game Pass. Well, it's included with Game Pass. Uh, but 2 million on Steam alone. And then, the uh, as Dave alluded to in the Discord the other day, 
there basically should be two categories on Twitch these days, Power World and not Power World, because everyone, all the content creators are, are making content and putting stuff out. So I just wanted to ask you, Brandon, we'll start with you. Sure. Um, why is this game blowing up? Um, I think there's a couple different reasons. Um, I want to touch base on a few different things. But to answer your question, I think that this is a clear indicator of how starved the Pokemon community in general is. Um, for new, meaningful Pokemon content. I think that we've seen the slow decline of Pokemon over the years, and it kind of came to head in the last one, kind of came out a buggy mess and just obviously subpar in most ways. Um, Power World does have the advantage of being able to be played on PC, and that's a luxury that Pokemon games don't have, Mm -hmm. um, unfortunately. So I'm going to give Nintendo a little bit of the benefit of the doubt, but most of it is Nintendo's fault. Um, that this game is so successful. I think we'd be having a much different conversation if for the past five years we had really, really, really amazing Pokemon games. Um, Not to say that Power World would not be successful. I don't think those things are mutually exclusive. But I think that this is a cry from the community that's been kind of... um, The games have kind of been cheapened in a way. I feel like they haven't really made much forward progress. Um, now, I do also want to touch base on something you said earlier about the whole copyright infringement. Um, everyone seems to be completely up in arms. It's created a ton of insanely brain dead discourse on the Twitter. Um, and uh, that's usually what you find on Twitter. It's it's honestly maddening. I mean, just truthfully, truthfully maddening. Um, and, you know, you never know whether people are trolling or not. But I see tweets of a sheep and it's like, look at this sheep here. And look at this sheep here. And it's like, yes, they're both sheep. <laughs> Nintendo does not have a copyright on sheep. Um, not yet. Um, but I don't know. I even see people comparing um, 3D models, like putting them inside each other. I don't know. I just think it's it's meaningless. If If we did this with every game that was similar, no games would come out. I think it's just happening because it gets clicks, because it gets engagement. And it's Pokemon. It's one of the biggest IPs in the entire world. Of course, there's going to be discourse about it, good or bad. But um, I've personally not tried the game yet. It does look interesting to me. Not interesting enough for me to like go out and feel like I need to like download it right now. Um, but I'm sure I'll try it at some point. I don't know. Maybe because everyone has loved it so much I'm, and I'm busy playing other shit, I'm kind of just like, yeah, it's not going to go away, clearly. Not anytime soon. So... Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Good for them. Truly uh, astronomical numbers yeah. um, from a game that I knew nothing about a month ago. Yeah, literally nothing about. Um, so, Dave, this game for months was being heralded as Pokemon, but with guns, and was at the top of some of the, uh, the not the top top, but near the top of the Steam's most requested or most wish listed games, and comes out and just blows up immediately. Do you agree with Brandon's take that Nintendo's for lack of a better word, failures with Pokemon have something to do with that? Yeah, 100%. Um, I think Game Freak and Nintendo have kind of taken for granted the IP that they hold and even though, as Brandon mentioned, they're only releasing on Nintendo, um, the quality of the product that they have released on Nintendo platforms has been um, lackluster at best. So, 
Um, I'm surprised it took this long for somebody to take advantage of this situation and see that, you know, there are people out there who really want a Pokemon style game. And, and, you know, as Brandon said, I think putting it on PC is, is, was a brilliant idea. I mean, the, the, the PC player base has, has just exploded over the past, you know, five years or so. So I think someone saw an opportunity and take it, um, whether pocket pair went about it the correct way. I think we're going to get into that a little bit more, but in any case, I mean, the survival genre is huge right now and Pokemon fans are starved for something. Um, so you marry those two things together and, and you've got a hit. Um, I'm still not convinced that this isn't another flavor of the week. We've seemed to have had a lot of those games come and go, um, over the last little while. So, and you know, if you throw an early access tag on your game, then you can kind of get away with anything, but it seems like this is a fairly quality launch. So, uh, maybe it'll have legs. Um, time will tell, I suppose. Time will tell. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, I don't want to interrupt you, Ben, but other companies had tried to capitalize yeah. off this. I mean, there are many, many, many companies that have tried to clone what what uh, what the Pokemon company had. And what's interesting to me, and maybe you guys have some thoughts on this, and I think Dave kind of said something that I kind of agree with, is the mixing of the two popular genres right now. We have like the perfect storm of Pokemon clone. Um, what was another one? Cassette Beasts. I thought that that was a fine game and it was interesting, but like this is this is more akin to like, I don't know if you guys remember on like earlier internet, you would see like 3D models of Ash walking around that somebody made in like a software or whatever. I'm like, this is what Pokemon could be one day. That's the difference in here is that like, I feel like this is something more similar to what people have always wanted from a Pokemon game. And the genre is really popular. So it really is, you know, I'm going to say it again. It's like lightning in a bottle. I don't think that just any game would have done because many games have came and went that are incredibly similar to Pokemon. Maybe not the art style, but the way they play and what you do. Cassette Beast was fun by all standards. I remember talking about it very briefly on the show. I just wasn't really that interested in it. So, yeah. Yeah, you talk about Cassette Beast, which was pretty different. But then you go back and look at a game like Temtem. That came out right. last year. Yeah. That game has way more in common with Pokemon than this game does because it was literally just Pokemon without the exact Pokemon. Like there wasn't much of a gameplay loop outside of it. Uh, a lot of things were done a little differently and everything, but it was still go out, catch monsters, fight them against other monsters, rule the world, um, which is what Pokemon is for lack, for lack of a better way to explain it. The interesting thing with Power World, and I've only got like, I don't know, maybe three or four hours into it because I was away and had other stuff going on too. But um, the really interesting thing is, yes, are there monsters that you can catch in a ball then you can raise them and fight them against other pals? Yes, there are. Past that, there is so much more to this game. And Dave, you mentioned that exactly what I was going to say. You combine survival crafting, which is huge. Some of the some of the biggest games and my favorite games of the last couple of years have been survival crafting games with something that reminds people so much of, uh, you know, either a current or or a childhood beloved thing IP. And of course, people are going to go crazy over it. So it's not that big of a surprise. And then, of course, the controversy is just going to breed more interest and get more people to buy it. And so I think that's definitely a huge piece of it. It is really interesting though, 
there are certainly people who are upset about it from an you know uh, did they steal the ip did they rip off the models whatever but some of the people i have seen going crazy ma- literally making up stuff like the guy who did some of those 3d models who was like this sheep fits inside this other sheep perfectly admitted to like shrinking down those models to make it work um which doesn't mean that they're not similar and that they couldn't have stolen them but still there's enough to not like uh, I, I suppose you, there's enough to not like to not have to cr- make things up about it, uh, which is what I always say about Donald Trump. I'm like, there's plenty <laughs> of stuff. There's, there's so much stuff about Donald Trump not to like, but people, and this is probably every political figure in fairness, but people just sure. want to make things up um, out, out of nowhere. So yeah, the whole thing's really interesting to me. And from my perspective, as long as they didn't directly rip assets out of the game, and as long as they're not creating things or or copying things, you know, literally with machines and uh, barely changing something to make them. I don't really care. They took a, they took a popular genre, combined it with another popular genre, added like a ton. I mean, you can literally make the pals in power world. your your like workers for, for lack of a better word to say it. They are your slaves and you're putting them in a sweatshop uh, doing all of your bidding for you. Um, Pokemon doesn't really have that. Dude, uh, and there's fucking guns. And there are guns, like, and there's base yeah, defense. Like, yeah. Like, so there's mounts. I, I, like, I, 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 I'm with you, Ben. Um, and I, I, I haven't played this game. Uh, I've seen quite a bit of it on Twitch. Um, but this IGN article that you shared, I, I kind of went through the screenshots. And yeah. there are pals in these screenshots that I had not previously seen uh-huh. where I kind of raise a bit of an eyebrow. Uh, I'm not a hardcore Pokemon guy at all, but I, I do recognize quite a few Pokemon. And yeah. if you hadn't told me this was Pal World and I didn't know about Pal World, I, I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> there, yeah. there might be something to this. And, y- you know, you said something there, Ben, where it's, you know, if you, if you take a survival crafting game and you meld it with something that people remember from their childhood, I think that's all Pokemon company needs to kind of build a case is did you reasonably try to differentiate your product from something that was, you know, one of the most recognizable IPs in all of pop culture? And if 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 they can show that, you know, pocket pair didn't take those steps then there might be something to this so i i don't know i i don't know if some of these screenshots are those mods um but i don't no, know they're, i don't think so no it's no, pretty it's pretty vanilla. similar yeah yeah and and if you go back to like it, it's interesting because technically and i don't want to get like i'm not defensive of power World at all i don't care if it if if they screwed up and copied a bunch of stuff and they're proven wrong in a court of law then screw them but is the game fun? In my opinion, yes. That's that's where I come down on it. But it's really interesting because they may have a more difficult time establishing a case because with copyright and trademark law, in order to protect your mark, um, you must defend it. If you do not defend it, it is seen as a, you know, oh, who cares about our thing that we that we have legally filed. And they do that very vociferously. You put up a picture of Mario on YouTube and your videos struck demonetized. We're not monetized uh, on here, so we don't have to worry about that. Um, they can they can claim this video and, and maybe the one and a half cents of ad revenue it'll get. But with that said, if you look at things like Digimon, which, by the way, 
exact like there are some exact models like they're all very inspired from each other over time too and you look at you know games we mentioned already like like temtem and other stuff like that they either tried to defend and failed or did not do so and it and it would be better for them actually if they had tried to defend and failed because then they can um address this you know appropriately but if they just chose not to contest those other games um that weakens their case strongly and i would assume if they had tried to contest them we would have heard about it so that's an interesting i'm not by any means a copyright lawyer or honestly know that much about it um there are plenty of people who know way more than me but i do know that just the fact that there was not a public defense of their property uh during other exact cases like this yeah that's i don't know and i think that Yes, the designs are very similar, and honestly, I would not be surprised if they just like pulled up a picture of a Pokemon and then created a different color palette and slightly changed the design. At at best, that's what they did. At worst, they straight up copied them, you know, from the, the source code somehow. I don't know, but the fact uh, remains that the gameplay and the game itself is materially changed from Pokemon. You know, of the four hours I played, which is not that much, um, maybe 20 minutes of it was spent actually catching the Pokemon or fighting them against each other. Uh, the rest of it was all just like base management and stuff like that. So I don't know. Again, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a, I'm not a judge. I couldn't make any kind of uh, determination on this. But from my layman perspective, they've meaningfully changed the gameplay loop and for lack of a better way to say it, they've just taken inspiration from the design, which a lot of other people have and have not been stopped. So I don't know if there's a case here. God, God knows. I don't know one way or another if there's, <laughs> if there's a case here, but from my layman perspective, it doesn't really seem like it. I think if it were any company, but, but Nintendo, I would really feel bad if it were another indie game indie designer and they got their game ripped off, essentially, I would be like, that sucks. But Nintendo, I don't, I wouldn't be upset if they lost, if they took this to court and lost, you know? Um, that's Good. kind of my perspective on it, so. Good. You gotta think that's of the good. shareholders, Ben. Just don't think you're about yourself for, for a second. Think of the shareholders. I did used to be a Nintendo shareholder. Ooh, damn. Not anymore. Just to clarify Thank that. God. And when I say I was a Nintendo shareholder, I had like five shares in college. Uh, it was not anything significant <laughs> whatsoever. Um, cat. There's a cat on the screen. That That's true. Tim. Yep. That's two. He's not a Pokemon. Don't. He is not a Pokemon, Pokemon or a pal. I'm gonna catch him. I'm gonna make he him a slave. Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> was the evil Pokemon with the Team Rocket? Oh, Meowth. 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 Yeah. How dare you not remember that? Meowth. That's right. So, as far as power, power world is concerned, um. Any other thoughts? Like, it's insane to me how much it sold without being on Switch, which, by the way, maybe there, there was a reason they didn't launch it on Switch. I don't know. Uh, and it's not on PlayStation. And it's still sold over 8 million, even with it being on Game Pass. Well, that's the thing about... I do agree with Dave mostly. I, I wonder how many... How, how, I wonder the legs of this game, right? But the thing that this game has going for it, it is even these games that seem to blow up overnight and everyone's streaming, 
they usually don't pull numbers like this. Like right. they'll pull numbers. Yeah. They, don't get me wrong. Like things will just shoot up. Even things like BattleBit, which we've talked highly about. I think it's a great game, but the numbers are insanely down from when it was popular. Yeah. Um, they don't get this sort of numbers. Like right. this is <laughs> like up there with concurrent players of some of the biggest games on Steam. I think it's um, the second highest only behind, was it Counter-Strike? I think it's Counter-Strike, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I think this is cool. And and I personally don't really think they have much leg to stand on. Um, I think that anytime anything is successful ever, a case can be made om- to almost everything succeeding it. You know, you look at Fortnite and how many things like have very similar art styles to Fortnite. Now it kind of like transcended um, its game and kind of affected the whole space. Um, and I think that this is kind of that in a, in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I, I, I'm of two minds. Like on one hand, I would not be surprised at all. Uh, if Nintendo was able to get this, you know, some sort of action against them. And on the other hand, I could totally see them not being able to, because it is an iteration, not a copy. Yeah. From my perspective. Now, our individual... Because I think every Pokemon is actually copyrighted, trademarked, whatever. Uh, the name, the, the image, uh, even the, the moveset, probably. So they probably could for, you know, being close. Like, if you made a restaurant and called it um, anything that starts with an M and your, and your sign was just a big M and it looked really similar to McDonald's, they'd have a case because it's, you know, it's close enough. But I don't know how that works for video games and things that already a lot of them look similar. So it'll be interesting. I do think um, to talk about the the more about the game and less about the controversy a little bit. Oh, one thing I was going to say is it's amazing to me how many uh, of these people I see shrieking about it. And like literally the people making things up um, are just like in their profile. It's kind of like the the thing with Xbox or PlayStation where it's like PlayStation Gamer. You look at it and it's like, Pokey bro till the end. And it's like, okay. Uh, I don't really trust uh, <laughs> your your judgment here. But the game itself, though, uh, it came out with a lot of issues. They actually had to, like, contact Epic to to say, like, our game is getting hit too hard. Uh, we need some assistance. I don't really know what the details of that conversation were. And then uh, a lot of features that weren't, that, that you know, were, they were going to work on for early access kind of things are being rushed now. I'm sure they have a lot more money to work with as well as uh, just the fact that uh, there were some things that were just kind of broken out of the box, like there are with any game, whether it be super indie or AAA. Um, Not to say it's an excuse, but every game has that. So I think it's interesting how they're moving and pivoting and how people are responding. And, you know, the matchmaking didn't quite work right, but they fixed that because of the servers were so insane and, they're bringing other things to the game like raids and, and PVP and stuff like that. And I think, I just think it's, it would be very easy for them to be like, all right, well, we sold 8 million copies in less than a week. By the way, not even long enough for them to have gotten a payout from either Steam or Xbox. So if they were like, you know, in, uh, in, in rags, they're still in rags until they get that payout. Um, <laughs> because I think it's right. like a, a 14 or 30 day period, but. I don't know. I think it's, I do think whether or not they, they stole and copied homework, I definitely think it's impressive that they are like marching forward, being very communicative, 
people from the company are very active on on Twitter and and revealing numbers. They don't have to do that kind of stuff. Um, a lot of people people like to to celebrate their their accomplishments, of course, but like they don't have to be putting out uh, plans and communicating as well as they are. So I think anybody who does that, regardless of the the business methods that came before it to create the game, I think that's a good thing that should be applauded for sure. So my two cents. Have we exhausted the Power World topic? Yeah, we should timestamp this episode so there's there's the first forty minutes are Power World, and then after that is not Power World, just like Twitch should be right now. Nice, nice. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I do timestamp this episode, and I hate it. It's timestamped for YouTube. It's not for the free feeds because um, there are occasionally ads that run in there that we don't control where they're placed. So sorry, or how long they are, or anything. Uh, I didn't put this in the show notes, but I do want to bring it up uh, for a number two discussion layoffs. And I just wrote layoffs because there have been close, I think, to 6,000 games industry layoffs since the beginning of 2024. And it is currently, uh, what's today's date? The 25th of January. Uh, Last year, I think there were just under 9,000 total for the year, which is a lot. Uh, And this year, there's already been more than that. So today, of course, there was news that a lot of people from Xbox, Activision, Blizzard King, etc., Actually, I didn't see anything about King, but definitely from Activision Blizzard, <coughs> um, Xbox, specifically a lot of layoffs. Uh, there have been layoffs at tons of other companies as well um, throughout the year so far. Riot just had a bunch of layoffs. So I want to just get brief thoughts. I don't really know how much we can belabor it. Um, my thought on it is it sucks for anybody who loses their job. Mm-hmm. I think there is a combination of corporate greed, um, investor... Uh, investor, what's the word? Making the investors happy and also a very practical nature to pretty much to most layoffs. But that doesn't suck any less for the people who lose their jobs or for the customers that are potentially hurt from it. So I don't know. I'll throw it to you guys, Dave, if you have any thoughts on the layoffs or anything that may have um, that you may have seen that was notable to you. Yeah, um, I I only just noticed this when we before we came on, so I didn't really have too much time to dive into it. But uh, I, I I do want to read into it just to kind of get a sense of if this is more uh, restructuring following the finally completed Activision Blizzard deal, or if this is a sign of poor performance or underperformance on Microsoft's side. Um, in any case, yeah, as you said. Brent Bennett really sucks. I've been laid off. It, it wasn't fun. Yeah. You know, when the richest people in the company fuck up and then they they make middle management and everybody below pay for it. So yeah, yeah. I really feel for these people. But um yeah, it'll be curious interesting to see how this, you know, what what comes out of this if if, if anything. So yeah. And just to to on that point, Dave, the um I I'm sure there were some mistakes or goals not hit or something like that as a potential, but also I know that when like two major companies merge there's always going to be, um, you know, firings, layoffs, et cetera. Uh, hopefully they got decent packages um, at the very least. Uh, no, Brandon, not packages like that. Uh, or that too, I suppose. But um, So hopefully they got compensated at least somewhat uh, and weren't just cut loose with nothing. But it, it obviously sucks. But yeah, the, the, it's very common when you get companies this big with so many people doing the same thing that eventually... One of the like if if two people have the exact same job and you only need one person for it, um, one of them's probably going to go or at least get moved at some point. So, Brandon, um, anything to chime in on? 
Yeah, I mean, like you said, sad news. Um, kind of crazy that the year is starting off the way it ended, um, and then some. But I agree with you both. I think this probably is left over from um, the acquisition. And I think that, unfortunately, uh, the little people always pay. I will say one thing, though. I've slandered Nintendo for a long time, but I know their CEO once took a 50% pay cut uh, to ensure that there wasn't any layoffs in a poor fiscal year. So um, it can be done. It's just not very common um, if that is the case. So yeah, I it is get, what it is. I always get like, yeah, that's really cool that the CEO did that. Um, and that, that, you know, that people are, that, that some, someone in the industry did that at some point. And I think that's good. But the, the common thing I always see on, on, um, social media and, and in the press is, well, this executive makes this amount of money and they laid these people off of that executive would have just given up, you know, 10%. And I'm like, you're right. They might, they probably make too money. And there was some corporate greed involved here. But at the same time, if you literally don't, it's one thing if you lay people off because of financial troubles. It's another thing if you lay people off because you just straight up don't need them. And at that point, I don't know that it makes sense because for better or for worse in capitalism, the job of the corporation is to do the thing that is in the best interest of the shareholders. And it's not in the best interest of the shareholders to let someone keep working that you don't need. So right. I'm always stuck in between that like corporate space and that emotional space um obviously it's it's great to let people keep their jobs and and to sacrifice for that but at the end of the day if they're not needed i don't know what you do then what definitely do don't definitely don't not screw. needed ben someone needs them these people don't matter at all <laughs> at all like the ceo came and he said that it's okay that they're fired like they don't matter at all um but yeah, so and by the way, this is not just Microsoft, although that was today's news. I think it was 1500 or 1900, something like that. Um, this has been multiple companies uh, already this year. Um, Riot was one that was big recently as well. So um, yeah, that's all of that. I'm not meaning to trivialize it. I'm just not great at talking about it uh, very often. So well, yeah. it 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 also is sad to say, but we've talked about layoffs so much yeah. <laughs> that unfortunately it's just like it's happening again. Yeah. yeah. I do think that we've got it like something has to change in the industry because so many of these companies balloon up and then realize like, oh, we have too many people. And at some point you have to assume that is someone's fault. Sometimes right. it's nobody's fault. You know, you're looking at the restaurant industry. It's not the restaurant industry's fault that we had a global pandemic and a lot of people had to had to lay people off because like that's a totally different scenario obviously right um there are scenarios similar to that in the video game world where it's nobody's fault but i think there are plenty of cases where it's somebody's fault i just don't know that the answer is for other people to take pay cuts to keep people whose job you don't need anymore if it's if you're cutting a department by half and everybody's working twice as much then that's a different story but if you're cutting a redundant position i don't know I can sympathize. I can look at it both ways. Um, and that's why I will never be a national politician. Uh, number three. <laughs> Sega's Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth seems to be putting its new game plus mode behind a paywall. 
If you want to replay the game with all the perks, you'll need to grab the Deluxe or Ultimate Editions, costing an extra $15 or $40 respectively. New Game Plus usually comes as a standard feature and as a standard feature in many games, especially RPGs. In this case, Sega bundles it with the Master Vacation Bundle, which includes extras like a bonus dungeon, special uh, Pokemon type creatures, resort guest outfits and more. Um, this information was not crystal clear on the Steam page or probably any other page. And if you relied on that, you might, might assume that New Game Plus is part of the standard deal. It's a head scratcher. And while the extra perks are nice, Locking New Game Plus behind the paywall feels a bit off. Dave, uh, this is something I haven't seen before. You see a lot of like shitty monetization and you see like, you know, story content hidden behind DLC. And I don't love that either, but or I'm sorry, behind New Game Plus. But usually it's at least free that it's there. This is a maybe I don't know if it's actually a first, but it's a first for me to see. Yeah, I, me as well. And I, you don't really see this level of smutty monetization in like what is a single player game very often. Like you normally see right. this in live service. So it's, it's a very odd decision. And I, I'm, I'm really surprised this isn't getting more coverage in reviews. I'm not saying that reviews necessarily need to drop their score because of this decision. Um, because ultimately they're reviewing what the developers have created and not what the publishers have decided to, or how they've decided to monetize the game. But it, it just doesn't seem to be talked about as much. And I, I think that's weird. The other thing that's odd. And uh, I think you mentioned this. Yeah. At the very end, you mentioned this in the write up, but like, it's not really, uh, very well identified on steam. So like you might just buy the standard version and not know that you don't have access to new game plus without, without paying extra. So yeah, a really odd decision for a developer that or a publisher in Sega that I, I don't know if it is really known for making these kind of, um, predatory choices when it comes to their games. But, um, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised to see Sega kind of go back on this because they're getting a lot of negative feedback. And even like the guy who voices Kiryu has come out and said like, this is not good for the community. And when that happens, it's, it's, yeah. it's like, that's, that's a pretty substantial person to come out and, and kind of speak ill of this. So hopefully they change their tune. I mean, hiding an end game dungeon behind a premium pack is, is one thing it's still shitty, but a whole mode that is generally only balled behind an initial completion of the game is, is just not cool. So hopefully they, I, they've, they've got a chance here to make this right. And hopefully they do that. Cause this is, this is not cool. And like the Yakuza series is such like a long and dedicated following. Like, why would you do this to them with, with the second successful. entry in a new spinoff? Like it's just, yeah, it's it's not a good way to treat your community, which is I think pretty much what the the voice actor uh, for Kiryu said about this. So yeah, change your two mind, things so. on that. Two things on that, Dave. One, I'll be interested to see if they even can go back on this because um, presumably many people already paid for that content, and whether that was through physical or digital, to refund them all would be a lot of work and insane amount of money lost too so i don't know if they can um i think you're right that it would be the right move but some people paid for it already even if they also paid for other things and to give it to everyone else for free is like i don't know 
do you piss off that part of the community that paid you extra for it? <laughs> the other thing is, you're right, Sega Atlas, same company. Uh, now, they don't normally do this kind of stuff. But the one thing I know from people who are in the, you know, Persona community is that when they come out with the Royal Editions, like, you know, a little while after the initial game has come out uh, and don't give you the option to upgrade, a lot of people don't like that. So that's probably the scummiest thing I've ever heard of from from Sega as far as like, you know, DLC or microtransactions. But compared to many others, that's not that bad. Brandon, any thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, I'm just kind of echoing what you guys have said. This is a very uh, sideways way of doing a New Game Plus. Um, I think we might be singing a different tune if it seemed like it was something that happened often, but it's very abnormal, to say the least, especially on a game like this, as Dave mentioned. Um, Yeah, I don't know, boys. This just kind of confuses me. Um, I think that I agree with you that it would be kind of a bad situation to kind of refund the people that already paid for it. But I don't really think it would be that big of a deal. I mean, truthfully, nobody, I mean, maybe somebody bought the deluxe edition because they knew they could do a new game plus, but I would say the majority of people did not purchase that with the, right. even, yeah. even the knowledge that that was something they were gaining. I mean, clearly even from what you wrote here, it's not very clearly defined. So I think that there is a way to make this right. Um, and I'm genuinely confused by a game that seems to have come out with a really good reception. Um, why they would do something that so clearly would be anti-consumer in every single way possible. And even like anti-your own IP in a way. It's like you're encouraging people. The point of a new game plus is to have the person play the game again, which is presumably what you want but make it easier for them. So there's like more of an incentive to play your game again and really to kind of make any reason for people not to play your game a second time to have to pay money to do that sort of thing. Just make it make sense other than money. It literally doesn't. That's, that's the only reason is money. So yeah, it's just, it's so clearly just corporate greed um, at this point and to a level that I don't think really, um, resonates with me whatsoever. It's kind of kind of abnormal. I'll be interested to see if... Um, well, I'm interested to know if Sega is in some sort of financial situation where they're having to make moves like this or if it is just a... You know, we're seeing layoffs everywhere. Everybody's hurting. Wouldn't surprise me if, if Sega needs the money. I don't think... Like... I'm not the person who would have bought bought Yakuza anyway, but if I were, this is something that would potentially piss me off not to do it. I'm also not a person who plays New Game Plus, but I'm just very much about principle on a lot of these things, uh, especially when it comes to money. Not so much when it comes to AI, not so much when it comes to ripping off um, uh, Pokemon assets, like whatever. But when it comes to like gouging your customers, I don't like that. Not do, a fan. Do the new Sonic. We're paying the price. For the new Sonic. Sonic has caused a lot of problems, and I think he'll cause more before the day is done. So usually we must his crucify fault. him. Yeah. Do we must crucify Sonic? <laughs> What'd you say, Dave? It's usually Sonic's fault. That's yeah. It's, it's I've got that low tattooed on my lower back. <laughs> <laughs> we'll uh, we'll ask Phil's opinion when he's not dead about Sonic. Uh, Sonic's blight on the world. I think he had he had some things, some strong things to say about Sonic at one point. So very interesting <laughs> things indeed. 
if you've been listening long enough, that's that's for you. That's a deep cut. Number four, Valve has raked in a staggering $980 million from Counter-Strike 2 virtual case key sales in 2023, according to CS2 Case Tracker. Gamers opened 400 million cases, buying 359.6 million keys. The Dreams of Nightmares case led sales, generating 126.3 million. These cases, known for enhancing character appearance, also proved profitable with items like the M4A4 Howling Dawn skin fetching 180 grand. With case prices surging 178% and Danger Zone cases spiking by 492%, Valve's virtual market continues its lucrative streak. Brandon, I think of the three of us, you've got the most experience with any kind of thing Counter-Strike. What the hell, man? That's a lot of money. On a game that uh, just came out, like recently. Yeah, I mean, did it? <laughs> I guess you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you know what I mean. So, uh, this is an already incredibly established franchise that has an incredibly, insanely profitable system going on, and I think this is just kind of carryover from the new game, kind of doing well um, for the most part. I know there's been some controversy around it, but. Um, I also think that this is just a cry for help from gamers. Um, they would rather gamble their money <laughs> than anything else. I mean, that's really what this is. Let's, you know, let's call it what it is. This is gambling. This is gambling money. When you read that stat, $980 million from kind of, that is gambled money. Yeah. Like truly. And the odds are astronomically against yeah. you. I mean, just truly and heinously. I mean, maybe not as much as the local lottery. But it's mm, but it's maybe. pretty fucking so, close, man. Yeah. Like at least when you win the lottery, you get cash. You don't get the well, chance to sell something. You know, to be fair, you can make money. Yeah. But that's oh, yeah. like saying that's like buying a lottery ticket and saying, I can make money from this. Like right. Dave, you want to cut in? Go ahead. No, I just I I I, I was just gonna ask because I, I wasn't clear on this, but so so these uh you don't get the skin you want, you get a chance at the skin you want. Yeah, so you can buy what's called, and this is how it worked in Counter Strike One. You could buy what's called Prime, and once a week you get a box. And I might be butchering this because this was all explained to me. I never bought Prime. You get a box, okay, and then you have to pay money. You can win boxes in, in as like end of game rewards too. I think. But you need a key to open yes. that box, and that's what you pay money for. So then when you open the box, there's an incredibly low chance to get something good, and there's incredibly high chances to get something that's awful. And you might pay 50 cents for a key, but you can also pay... You know, I think the big money is in cases and less in keys. Yeah. But, you know, because some cases have certain things. But, I mean, don't get me wrong, like... Some of the shit that sells can sell for hundreds of dollars, thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars. But yeah, I mean, good on Valve for making this incredibly lucrative system. I am a fan of Valve, so I guess this is a good thing for me in general. But I really, I'm going to go back to saying it. This is a cry for help. <laughs> um, this, this is the state. I mean, even if you look on Twitch on gambling, I mean, it's the world is in shambles right now. Yeah. Um, and uh, we're just blowing it. We're we're yeah. just giving it to Stake.com. We're just giving it to Valve. Stake. Um, it's it's funny the way you described it. The first thing that came to mind was baseball cards. Mm. It's very similar. You know, you buy a box. You have no idea what's in it, but you might get something valuable that you could then sell. So sure. I was just I wanted to compare that number nine hundred eighty million dollars in twenty twenty three for skins 
uh tops who does basically all the baseball cards in the world 550 million in 2021 that is a massive difference and i'm i'm really surprised to see that uh <laughs> i i guess <laughs> yeah, one is a lot more global than the other but still it's it's unreal that's yeah. damn near a billion dollars for skins yeah it's yeah they're very much more the old model of loot boxes where you might get something cool for spending money whereas like many other games even overwatch now i think to a large extent has and and fortnite of course they've moved to if you want this item you pay for this item and you get this item whereas uh counter-strike is very much still good luck we yeah. uh, actually rigged it so you won't win so and and i want to be clear it is satisfying, just as satisfying as gambling ever is. When you see the cherries rolling around or you see the fucking whatever you're doing on the slot machine, it's satisfying. You get the click, click, click. Oh, my God, I was so close to the yellow one. I should spend another $20 and see if I can get it. I mean, I get it. I get why gambling is addictive. It is fun at points, but no. um, yeah, it is what it is, man. Good for Valve, I guess. Well, speaking of gambling... Uh, and stupidity. Fantastic <laughs> is kind of back. Number oh. four or number five. Amid the day before's server shutdown, Fantastic's founders, Edward and I don't know how to pronounce these names. Their founders are reportedly forging ahead with a new mobile game. Let me repeat that. The day before. Fantastic. New game. Just wrap your head around those statements. Uh, it was revealed that the brothers are discreetly recruiting veterans for the undisclosed project. The move has stirred controversy considering the day before his troubled history offers were allegedly extended to all employees, even those who departed on bad terms. Uh, IXBT Games echoes these claims, sharing insights from former team members who are reportedly joining the new venture. The development unfolds as the day before faces a permanent shutdown nearly 45 days after launch following financial failure and overwhelmingly negative reviews. We don't have to spend a lot of time on this, but the balls on these guys, Brandon, to be shut like, them, shut hey, them down. for years, we're going <laughs> to lie to you down. about what our game is. Then we're going to put out the game. And if you happen to still like it, we're going to shut it down yeah. because it's terrible. And we didn't make any money, supposedly. Honestly, I thought not not the past calendar year, but I thought in the past year, the most ballsy thing for someone to do was for Sean Murray to come on stage and say that his <laughs> next game is going to be more ambitious. <laughs> somehow, somehow the balls on this company are even bigger. They've inflated to the size of hot balloons. And this and is to be, to be fair to just to, just to clarify, this is not them as fantastic. They have, I don't, I don't give a fuck. I, who I know. Is. I know they've started not, a new company or they're part of something. I don't know. Just like Carl's and Hardy's isn't the same. Fuck that. It's it is the same, man. That's a Fuck deep cut. these guys specifically. Um, and I don't know. It's just like I'm not saying they can't do anything again ever, but right. to also have the gusto to do it so soon after you fucking I'm gonna say it stole people's money. Yeah. You, you know, even if a lot of it was refunded. I mean, it's just. It's crazy to me, man. These guys, these guys are fucked up. Yeah. They're fucking, I guess you can never, even since the beginning of time, when snake oil was able to be sold, it started being sold and it has never right. stopped. Right. It's just, it's just more of the same guys. That's all I got to say. That's it. Dave, you're going to be buying. I know you're, you know, you're in the mobile games. Um, 
I got mad reading this story because I'm just like, these guys have the biggest balls in like the history of humankind or they have like the self-awareness of like the cashmere side girl. Like this is, (laughs) and the funny thing is, is like, you know, they're they're reportedly trying to recruit veterans as if veterans of the video game developing industry can't see through your bullshit. And the fact that they've left fantastic and are, and you know, they're, they're just doing shell company to shell company. They're con artists that that's all they are. And that's all they're going to continue to be. So, um, you know, if they're trying to get employees back, uh, if employees who have left, like you're way ahead don't turn back <laughs> just go find work elsewhere but uh yeah i hope Anywhere. we never hear from these guys again i don't think they'll see any success yeah i hope not it let me take that back if what it appears that they did was actually what they did and that is scamming people and ripping them off then yes i hope they fail if i'm wrong i don't wish ill on anybody but i doubt it but you think like if, if that wasn't the case you'd think you'd like clear the air on that first and then try something new, you know? Yeah. And that, that's well, what, you know, that's what makes me, me think outside. these guys just, they're, yeah. dude, they literally said new year, new me. And they, <laughs> they just completely <laughs> fucking are like, it's, you know, wash my hands of that. You know, yeah. the, the other thing about it is that it's very unlikely that the game launched, it failed and then someone approached them and was like, hey, you want to make this with us? They already had this going. Oh, yeah. You know, Dude, that's the thing. They probably funded it off the last game, bro. Yeah. I, you know, yeah. Yeah. I can't keep talking about this. Um, I missed this earlier. When we were talking about Yakuza, uh, Ed shouted out and said, shout out to Like a Dragon being one of the first major games to introduce buying the deluxe version that gets you an earlier release date. I didn't realize that. And I don't know if your shout out is sincere or sarcastic, but that is a good point. I, I did not realize that, but uh, they started that trend apparently. If Ed is to be believed, then that's a gamble you're gotta be willing to take. Amin says, it's a shame they shut down the servers. I assume he's talking about for the day before because I love the day before and it became my goatee last year. I, I have a feeling that's a troll. I, I think I know uh, who this individual is. But uh, hey, if you did like it, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Rip. Sorry for your yeah. loss. You'll always have the you memories. Put, you'll yeah, always you have put, the memories. The 36 hours the game was up, you'll have that for the rest of your life to remember. And you got well, something to look forward to here. <laughs> you got a new mobile game coming out, man. You could go <laughs> work know. for them because nobody else is. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk to close it up about what we have been playing Dave, let's start with you tonight. Sure. Uh, as I said last week, I, I won't be playing much new, uh, but my stupid ass bought Deep Rock Galactic on Steam. Um, no, 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 no. Not your stupid ass. You're very smart, smart. ass. And you told smart. us all that it was on sale too, even though we have it to other platforms. Yeah. Smart. And we bought it too, like idiots. I almost feel bad buying it on sale because I, I would be more than happy paying full price for that game, but I put it on well, my Well, why wish- the hell didn't you? <laughs> I put it, I bought the supporter <laughs> pack, so I mean, I did that, but okay, yeah, super cheap. It was $10 Canadian, which is free in US dollars. Um, <laughs> it was I, also $10 US, by the way. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. It's like nine eighty nine or something. That's racism, like that. but um, <laughs> yeah, it's I, I love this game and I love the feeling of knowing that I now own this game and I do not have to maintain a subscription in order to play it. Um, 
so yeah, I've been playing it uh, quite a bit since I bought it on Saturday. Uh, love it on mouse and keyboard. Same awesome community mm-hmm. on Steam that was on PlayStation. Um, yeah, I, I am kind of sick of, of this current season because I've already played a lot of it on PlayStation and uh, I think the new one should be coming soon. Hopefully we move away from like the rock pox stuff because it's, in my opinion, not the funnest sort of experience to be had. It's really kind of annoying. Um, but still a great game to play. So, um, I've also been trying really hard to finish Metroid prime. Mm. This is a game I'm having a really hard time enjoying right now, just because Metroid prime is one of those games where like you need to sit down and play it and, and not stop playing it and just finish it. So you kind of like need to commit a weekend because the way I'm playing it right now is, you know, I, I, have, I have a newborn daughter and, and I, I try to squeak out 30 minutes here and there. And with a game like Metroid, it takes me 30 minutes to figure out where I am, where I need to go. And you can't have fast travel because it's a Metroidvania. And, uh, you know, by the time my 30 minutes has ended, I've just gotten to the place that I need to be in order to progress. And then a week goes by and I can't get back to it. And then I'm right back to square one. So I'm sort of in this like weird spot where like I'm having fun, but I'm also like kind of grinding through it a little bit. And yeah, I don't know. I'm close to the end and I'm, I've been thinking about playing the remaster on switch right after just because I want to have a fresh comparison. And I think I could enjoy that a little bit more because I can play my switch a lot more freely right now than, than my GameCube. So I might do that, but um, yeah, as I said, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to ask, like, so that you could have more game time, have you considered just telling your daughter to chill the hell out? Has that been like a thought you've had? She sits here with me and plays sometimes like it's she'll, she'll watch me and it's, it's the sweetest thing ever. But uh, again, she, she only lasts 30 minutes before there's some crying or, or I have to deal with something. So yeah, uh, I could also attempt to not go to bed uh, or, you know, try to stay up past nine o'clock because you yeah. know when everybody else is in bed but that's um, been my strategy for a decade so yeah. i mean um, it works yeah and i mean that's why i'm having so much fun with like valheim and, and deep rock galactic is back in my life because if if you only have 30 minutes to play one of those games like you can make meaningful progress whereas with metroid prime like you're just trying to figure out what you need to do because it's been a week and you've forgotten everything so yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to clear out my backlog so I can uh, really commit to Skull and Bones. That's skull right. Skull and Bones. Two weeks. I, w- I would say you're taking one for the team, but uh, you're the whole team on this one. Yeah. So yeah. you're taking one for the for the for the industry. That's right. What if it's good though, guys? What if what if you're well, both like? I'll be really happy for you. <laughs> what if I didn't have to breathe? That's true. What if the moon was made out of cheese? Dude, like, that you're, would be you're just, we're just saying things that what will if not the happen. The moon was made of barbecue spare ribs. It's a simple question. <laughs> just just stating questions that will never be the case. Like, is right. skull and bones going to be good? I don't think that's very productive, Dave. That's fair. sorry. Yeah. yeah. Moving on. Bando, what about you? I've been playing nothing but Elden Ring. Uh, my red dead shave is is weeping <laughs> um i'm very sad by this but not really i'm having so much fun playing elden ring god damn i fucking love this game um this has to be it might be my number one or number two biggest game of all time best game of all time my favorite 
Bioshock and that kind of fight for that number one spot um, for different reasons, completely different reasons. Um, yeah. So really enjoying the time I'm having with it. Um, it's been really amazing playing it on PC. I don't feel like I noticed that much of a difference uh, fidelity wise. Uh, the frame rate is the same as it is on PlayStation. Um, you could download mods to change that. But the biggest upgrade I've had to my Elden Ring experience is the seamless co-op mod I've been playing with my friend, Ben. Hmm, um, it sounds like a nice guy. It's been, <laughs> it's been a truly, truly wonderful experience. Um, I wish it would sour me to the multiplayer, but I think that by itself, the multiplayer is something that's so cool in a different way. Um, but I appreciate both equally, almost. Yeah. Um, the co-op being able to go in and out, not having to continually summon someone in, being able to ride around the world with them and your horse. It's 10 out of 10. There's almost no drawbacks to the, to the mod whatsoever. Um, it's a separate save file. So um, I've been having a lot of fun playing with Ben, but I've also started a new save myself. Um, and as a self-proclaimed strength Chad, I wanted to kind of step outside my comfort zone. I've had like three or four really solid runs. Um, I think I've beat it that many times with different builds. Yeah. How many hours um, total, uh, including on PlayStation, do you think you have an Elden Ring? Now? Yeah. Um, well into the 200s. I'd, okay. I'd have to look into my, you know, I would say maybe even 250 close to that. Mm -hmm. um, There's DLC coming, check. big boy. I know. And that, <laughs> You know, that's part of the reason that I'm so excited, too, to kind of get a new build. So I'm trying a twin blade this time, I'm trying to be like that that red guy from Star Wars. Um, but, uh, you know, his Darth name. Maul, I know. I know his name. Um, Say his name. But, uh, but no, it's been a lot of fun. I fucking love this game, everything about it. Um, and it's made even better by playing with my boy in the best way possible. So that's kind of all I have to say about it. Ben, you want to piggyback? Yeah, so I played probably 20, 25 hours on the PlayStation when the game came out. And I liked it. I just got bored of it. Um, I don't mind the repetition or dying a lot or anything like that. I was just like, I didn't want to look up guides. And I also didn't know what to do. So like where to go next or anything to not get totally murdered. So for me, it was it, it just kind of there was something else that came out and I went away from it. But being able to play this co-op makes it so much better because especially with playing with somebody like Brandon, who knows the game very well, maybe even too well at points, um, it makes it like so much more enjoyable. And just to be able to hang out with a buddy, you know, while you're doing it. The Absolutely. one thing I will say is while I'm playing it. So the, the seamless co-op mod, very easy to install, by the way. But it also just even with one other person makes the game it's still it's still a challenging game, but it makes it so much easier. And like, you know, you've got two people attacking everybody all the time. Right. And if one of you dies and the other one doesn't, somebody gets sent back to the, the checkpoint, the grace, and then they can just run to where the other person is without the enemies responding. And that's really good because it makes you not get bogged down. And you get some some modifiers that, you know, maybe bring down your, your skills a little bit whenever that happens. But the only problem is I feel like I'm not actually learning how to play the game, which mm -hmm. I'm having more fun probably right now than I would have. But like you don't have to be as cautious um, or attack in the same ways or anything like that when you've got two people constantly, you know, running a 
running a train on on uh Ooh. but the bosses oh so one thing i will say is that um we're still very early yeah we are yeah absolutely um, and i would say the end leg of the game um specifically i don't think it will matter if there's two people because if you're going to get almost one shot by everything yep. You're going to get almost one shot by everything. So, right. So by the end of the game, I won't have developed the skills (laughs) and I'll just, yeah, you got me, buddy. Don't worry about it. But I will say to, to Ben's point, I'm not, I'm not like trying to defend the mod, but something they did add to the mod that is really interesting. There is a punishment for simply respawning and walking to your buddy through the enemies that are already dead. Right. Um, it is a randomized punishment from what I understand, but some of them can be pretty substantial, like half of your health is missing until right. you rest at a bonfire, which then respawns everything. So it is kind of interesting how they work that out. Um, something I think that is important to note about the mod, and I don't know this for fact, but based off of how it feels, when you summon someone in in an Elden Ring world in vanilla, everything in the world scales to there being two or three people in your game. Mm-hmm. In the mod, I don't think it does any scaling. So that's kind of a notable inclusion, I think, whenever you're checking it out. Um, and I disagree, Ben. I think that for the most part, you're. I think you're partially right. I still think you are learning the game. You just don't know it. Oh, and like I said, I had played it before. So I, like, I know what to do. It's just that I don't always have to. You know, like sure. I know I probably shouldn't get so close right here. But I know that it's not going to kill me and that you're hitting them from the other side and he's still taking damage. Like, you know, Ooh. that kind of stuff. Oh, my God. I'm doing what to him from the other side? Jesus Christ. God, but then, no, I'm enjoying it very much. I just know that, like, if I were to go and hop into a single player game by myself right now, some of my bad habits that I've developed this playthrough sure. are going to, you know, it's going to take me a while to break them. And uh, But I'm, I mean, it's still, I mean, I still know the the dodging and the iframes and the and all that kind of stuff. But it is interesting because sometimes the AI, the, the monsters don't know uh, what to do because there's two people and they'll be like attacking one of us. And I'll like, let's say they're attacking you and I'll like go up behind them to slash them. And then they just immediately turn around and hit me like that wouldn't happen the same way uh, in a single player game because there aren't. You would be always facing them pretty not always, but you know what I mean? Like there's some there are a couple little janky things, but I'd say like that's half a percent of the mod and the other 99 and a half percent is perfect. So it's really not that big of a deal for me, but yeah, I'm enjoying playing and I'm enjoying playing with you. So I've got a few games. Elden Ring, of course, was one of them. Um, the other one is Power World. I only played maybe three to four hours of this. Like I mentioned earlier, uh, we talked extensively about the game. I don't want to rehash it, but you guys know I like my survival games. You know, I like my crafting. I've always been a Pokemon fan, so it's it's fun. It's good. I haven't gotten far enough into it to really see how it opens up um, and how the automation really comes into play, and that's what I'm really interested in. So I'll report back on that, but I wanted to mention that I played it. Also, uh, I'm playing Enshrouded. It came out yesterday. I think it's also in early access. Um, it was on the top of the Steam charts for like months and months after they had the Steam Next Fest. Uh, the developers did send over some codes for us, so um, just a, a, you know, I don't know, disclaimer that of that, but uh, it was one that I had on my wish list anyway, and I was planning on picking up, but I only played a little bit last night when I got home from my trip, um, probably like two and a half, three hours, 
um, because I stayed up too late like an idiot. But it's a survival crafting game. It's got a lot of the same uh, mechanics, a lot of the same idiosyncrasies. Has a little bit more of a story, it seems. A lot of, for whatever reason, a lot of survival crafting games are just like, all right, uh, go build stuff and survive. We're not going to bother to try to flush out a story here. Whereas this one seems to have a little bit more there built into it. What I will say is immediately when I started playing this game, I was like, this feels, and I don't, I love survival crafting, so I'm not bashing anything. But what I thought was, this feels like a real game. And I don't know, unless you just like play it for a minute, how to describe that. But it just feels like you are, it's not all janky. It doesn't have weird PS1 textures like Valheim, which I love Valheim. It doesn't have like tons of glitches and weird stuff freaking out on the screen, like Sons of the Forest, which I love Sons of the Forest. You know, it's not blocky like Minecraft. Like it feels like a game that happens to be a survival crafting game. And I, without you like looking at it or playing it, I don't know how to explain that, but there are a few things that I don't love. Some of the controls for building are not very intuitive. And I think that just, you know, will come with time and playing a little bit more, but some of the things I keep having to look and see what's the control for this. Like I'm used to when you, just as an example, you put up a, a wall, you want to build a wall. And in almost every other survival crafting game I've ever played, if you want to rotate that wall to be a different, you know, if you want it to be horizontal to you or or whatever, uh, you just, on, on the mouse and key at least, you move your, your mouse wheel, you spin it, and the thing spins. In this game, you have to push R. Or if you want to move it closer and further away from you, Instead of using the mouse to do that, you use Q and the middle mouse button. So like there are a few, I probably could adjust those, but like the controls are just a bit funky. But aside from that, the couple hours I played were were fun. Um, I'm interested in trying it on the Steam Deck, which I just recently acquired. Uh, Dustin was wanting to get an OLED and he asked me, because I'd asked him mon months ago about uh, which model should I get. And then I decided not to get one. And then he asked me, are you still interested in getting one? If the price is right, I said, yeah if the price is right. And so he made me an offer I couldn't refuse because he wanted the, the OLED. Uh, and I am have no problems with taking Dustin's hand-me-downs, uh, even if I have to pay for them. But he made, me, he made me a good deal. So I'm looking forward to playing in Shroud a little bit on that, maybe while watching some TV with the wife. We're watching, sh we're watching shows I've already seen uh, right now, so I can kind of, you know, tune out a little bit while she, she sees them for the first time. But I've also been playing Dredge, um, which I was interested in, but not really until Dave talked about how much he loved it. Uh, so I'm enjoying it. I won't reiterate what the game's all about, but I just wanted to talk about how it's it's fantastic on the Steam Deck. Uh, is it on Switch, Dave? Yeah, that's where yeah. I played it. Oh, that's where you played it. Okay. So it's not a surprise, I guess, that it's that it's good on mobile, but um, I played it a lot. Uh, I went to New York and was in the airport a lot during, the, during that time. So I played a lot in the airport and uh, on the plane and... I'm enjoying it. I love it. I think it's really cute and clever. Uh, there are a few mechanics I don't know yet, and I don't want to know them yet. I don't know how they work yet because I'm hope I'm like discovering them through the game. Uh, the inventory management is is fun. The things that are frustrating about it, I feel like they're supposed to be frustrating things. Like, wow, I don't have enough time out here during the day to not get attacked. But the solution to that is to upgrade. Well, to upgrade, you got to be out at night sometimes. So. There's just a loop there that I'm I'm experiencing. I'm I'm liking it, uh, which is a good thing. So, yeah, Dredge is fun, and it's really good on on the Steam Deck and runs flawlessly. I I have it capped at thirty because it's not a game you need 
to be much higher than that. And I played in the airport. I got to the airport too early and then my plane got delayed and I was playing for like four hours and I still had 70% battery on my Steam Deck, which is not, doesn't make sense. Um, so it's really good battery on Steam Deck too. I'll tell you that because Steam Deck shouldn't last that long. And that's all I got. That's all I got for the show or for the, for the, what we've been playing. I think that's all we got for the show, boys. We should be back Tuesday, I think. That's, that's the plan. Um, a couple more schedule change-ups in future months but, or future weeks or months or whatever, but we'll talk about those uh, when the time comes. Brandon, are you going to play some Elden Ring after? Oh, fuck yeah. Nice. Absolutely. Are you going to stream? Uh, I might. It will be my fourth time streaming this month. This month or this week? This month. Oh, I thought you've streamed a couple times this week. Dave, are you going to go to bed like an old man immediately after this? Probably. Let's be honest. Nice. Okay. Cool. Well, actually, that's... My, my fifth, my fifth time streaming. Wow, Brandon, you're just. I'm. A, I'm you a streamer well quit your now. Job. You might as well quit your job, honestly. Actually, you know what? Before the show ends, let me call my boss. <laughs> 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 Thanks, everybody. We'll stick around just to figure out the show title and upload our stuff and all that. So, if you're in chat, feel free to say something. But otherwise, we will catch you all next week. Don't forget about the Patreon. Don't forget about the Discord. Have a good night. The HP Podcast is sponsored by our proud patrons over at patreon.com slash handsomephantom. The following members are at the $5 level, and we appreciate their contribution. Toby Ryland, Edward Walton, Josh Cummings, Hoot, Boots, Passive Pixels, Edwin Castillo, Maurice Bays, Htrons, Nuke Dukem, Derek O, Grabalicious, Benji Bop, and Link. <laughs> 